Rangers. Game two of the World Series. Coverage begins at 4.15 on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. Well, the Texas Rangers get game one, 6-5 to five on the walk-off home run from Adolis Garcia. Corey Seager also notably with the two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth that tied the game against the Diamondbacks' closer, Paul Sewald. We wanted to get some uh, perspective from the Texas side of things. So my good friend uh, from high school, Alex Plank, is a beat writer. Uh, he's a beat writer covering the Rangers over at Dallas Sports Fanatic. So uh, I had asked him to come on the show and tell us a little bit about the Texas side of things. Hey, Plank, what's going on, buddy? What's going on, Zinsmeister? How you guys doing? I'm good. Hey, this is my uh, radio partner, Mitch Vereldis, as well. Thanks so much for taking a few minutes and chatting with us. I'm sure you're either at the ballpark or on your way to the ballpark for Game 2 today. Um, set us up a little bit for, for Game 2. We know what happened in Game 1. We're going to get Jordan Montgomery tonight. What do we know about Jordan Montgomery? Jordan Montgomery has been a horse this postseason. Uh, came in Game 7, two and a third scoreless against the Astros. Really, I mean, has just been dominant this postseason outside of maybe a four-run performance in four innings in Game 2 against the Orioles. Uh, six and a third shutout in uh, Game 1 against the Astros. Uh, five and a third, two runs against Houston in, in Game 5. But he's, you could say Nathan Avaldi is the Rangers' best postseason pitcher. You could say Jordan Montgomery. I wouldn't say he'd be wrong either way, but the Rangers bringing out the second part of their two-headed postseason monster on the mound. And then there's the third monster where, at least in intimidating fashion and by name alone, Max Scherzer, who is likely to set up and pitch in Game 3. But he hasn't looked like the same Max Scherzer. What do you give as the reasoning as to why he hasn't looked like Mad Max right now? Oh, he's coming off. He hadn't pitched since mid-September uh, when he left his start against the Blue Jays. And so he'd gone about a month without pitching. And then you know, facing live hitters is a totally different animal than doing live BP. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, that's why a tribute to his outing against the Astros wasn't that great. And he even said he felt great. His stuff felt great. Uh, it just didn't. He made too many mistakes. And then in Game Seven against the Astros, you don't really have much wiggle room to work with. And so when as soon as you get into trouble, you're out of there. And Bruce Bochy's not even going to take any chances. Sort of like what Dusty Baker did with Christian Javier. Talking to my good friend Alex Plink, covers the Texas Rangers for Dallas Sports Fanatic. You know, I remember back, God, it must have been six, seven months ago, you and I having dinner at spring training. And I don't think either one of us thought either of our teams would end up where they are currently. <laughs> Can you tell us, I know what we all think in the Valley of the Arizona Diamondbacks as a team, but what is the Rangers perspective? What do D- Dallas fans, what do they think of the Arizona Diamondbacks coming into this series? Well, I'll say this, is that a lot of people prefer the Diamondbacks over the Phillies because it's such a great story either way. Uh, but with the Diamondbacks, you know, you saw them four times this year. But the one thing that stood out to me is that you don't see the style of play, especially nowadays, where teams are playing small ball. Teams are You're seeing more stolen bases because of the way the rules are. But, I mean, bunting, sacrifice bunting, you don't see that. Team speed, you don't really see that. It's all about the power in the lineups. And so that's why I feel like the Diamondbacks are a very tough matchup. Similar, I would even say a tougher matchup than the Rays and the Orioles. And the thing with the Rays and the Orioles is they didn't have really any base runners or they were down in the series to where they couldn't utilize their game plan. 
You saw it yesterday. This is what I like about the way this series was set up yesterday is that both offenses got to utilize their game plans 100%. You got to see why both offenses are successful by their own means. But it's also kind of interesting because while it's clear that the Rangers are driven by the power that they provide in that lineup, we also saw a little bit of a taste of their speed and their base running ability. Like Evan Carter, we know how fast he is. And Adolis Garcia even swiped a bag on the first pitch after getting hit by a pitch. How much of a factor does their speed play into their uh, approach? Well, they, they're they a team that is really aggressive when going from first to third, but they don't really run that much. They're a lot more uh, passive when it comes to stealing bases compared to previous years. Mm. And I, I think one of those things is that you just, it, it's passing the baton. It's relying on the guy behind you to deliver in the clutch moments. Because, I mean, with two outs, if you go, and you get caught, now all of a sudden ending over, and the bases are cleared instead of with an opportunity for a gapping double to score a run or a two-run homer. That's why Leone Tavares, well, first pitch for Corey Seager, but I wouldn't even think you'd see Leone Tavares try to run in the ninth inning because you want to give Corey Seager an opportunity. Talking to Alex Plank, he covers the Texas Rangers for Dallas Sports Fanatic. Uh, let's, let's get real here for a second, Plank. It's just you and us talking. What is the weakness for this guy, Adolis Garcia? Because he's just tearing the cover off the ball, and we we got to do something to stop him. How how do you do that? What is his weakness? The easy answer, walk him. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you don't want him to hurt you, you walk him. Or I guess you – well, no, I wouldn't say don't hit him because then it will yeah. just fire him up more. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, – the thing about Adolis Garcia when he first came up was his weakness was his chase rate. He would be chasing all over the place. And each and every year, he's becoming more and more tribute to the strike zone and not chasing and taking walks. Now, yesterday he drew his first postseason walk of this postseason, but the walk total has increased each and every year because while Adolis has the flair of the dramatic, you realize in this lineup that, hey, if I don't see a good pitch, I'd I want to hit, I'm going to take it, I'm going to take my walk, and I'll let the guy behind me take care of it. Speaking of this lineup, a guy that hits a couple of places before him who's having a, quietly a Barry Bonzian-like postseason in Corey Seager, do you think there's any sort of... I mean, obviously he had the World Series and the playoff run in Texas back in 2020 when that was the only place baseball could be played. And do you think that his familiarity with this park has very much served as an advantage to him in this postseason? Oh, he loves this place. He loves this place. It's pretty a tribute when you join this club and you pick the exact same locker that you you had in 2020. Wow. I mean, they give him they give him the exact same locker and locker locked in. However, you want to play on words on there. But yeah, no, he he just it, it's amazing when it comes to playing at Globe Life Field and Corey Seager. It's just you know that you're in for a treat. I don't even really have a good question here. I'm just going to kind of throw out a name and you tell me how you feel about the situation. Bruce Bochy came out of retirement to do this job again as the manager. I don't know that his family wanted him to do it. I don't know that he needed to do it. I think he probably is one of the better managers of this era to begin with without going to the World Series this year. But here we are. He shows back up at the ballpark and takes a team immediately to the World Series. What can you say about Bruce Bochy and the job he's done this year? Bruce Bochy is one of the most calm guys, regardless if the team has won eight straight, lost eight straight, which coincidentally happened in the same month. <laughs> Talking to Bruce Bochy, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know where the team is at when you're talking to him before the game. 
he's just the most calm mannered and it reflects on the team. I mean, when you, the interesting thing is, is that when the team flew from Seattle to Tampa after losing three or four to the Mariners and such as losing the division, one of the things is, okay, who stepped up? Who made this big hero speech? Nobody did. Everybody knew that, Hey, we missed out on an opportunity. Now we have to go to Tampa and we have to play wild card series and it's game on. I don't know. It all stems from the top. Oh, sorry, Alex, about that. I don't know if you if you see the similarity the same way that I do because you follow this team a lot closer. But the last time that the Rangers were in the World Series, they were kind of driven by these expensive contracts and a lot of power. And I almost see the same kind of scenario with this 2023 team. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, I think you do. And I think the beauty of this team is that it's not only the big contracts of Simeon, Seeger in the lineup you're talking but also you've got Adolis who I'm sure everybody is aware of now via Twitter slash X that <laughs> they basically got him from cash for the Cardinals and got him back from the Rangers after they DFA'd him. Nobody wanted to claim him. Uh, but then you've got Evan Carter who they drafted in 2020, just turned 21. And so you've got a mixture of young talent and veteran talent. Uh, and even speaking of like Jonah Heim, who they got – from Oakland a couple of years back from El- for Elvis Andrews. Everybody gets a good piece of their team from Oakland, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, Plink, I just went back deep into my text messages with you back to the year 2021 uh, when Adolis Garcia started to make an impact. And I texted you and I said, uh, what's the deal with this Adolis Garcia guy? Should I pick him up? And you said, yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Uh, you did also mention he might lose playing time to Chris Davis. Thank God that didn't happen. Uh, but I just wanted to give you credit that even a couple of years ago, you knew Adolis Garcia was going to be something special. So uh, I love you for that. I also don't love you for that because of what happened to the Diamondbacks last night. But credit to you, brother. You, you certainly called the, your shot on that one. I will give myself half a credit because I think that Chris Davis thing, um, that was, that was <laughs> I think we're all pretty, gra- pretty glad that didn't turn out the way you thought. Hey, Plank, thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us today. Uh, uh, have fun at the ballpark for game two. Not too much fun because we're, we're pulling for a D-backs win here tonight. But uh, thank you for your time, brother, and I'll talk to you soon, all right? Appreciate it, guys. And, yeah, it should be a fun week, fun series. And uh, you guys have fun uh, at Chase Field during the week. Thanks, oh, Alex. Yeah. It'll be good, man. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate your time. That's Alex Plank, Dallas sports fanatic, uh, Rangers beat writer.